Chapter 1 Sanguinante They always wanted me to sing Here Comes the Sun. It used to be one of my favorite Beatles songs. The lyrics capture so simply the longing for light. The singer talks about the cold, the ice that hasn't melted in a long time. But he repeats over and over that the sun is coming soon. In 1969, over a hundred and fifty years ago, George Harrison was having a hard winter. He'd been arrested, he'd had his tonsils removed, and he was being forced to comply with the corporate demands of the Beatles record company. He'd even temporarily quit the band. Then, one winter's day, he walked around a friend's backyard with an acoustic guitar and wrote, Here Comes the Sun. It's supposed to be a love song, and I know the audiences heard it as one. But to me, it's not about romance. If anything, it's a dedication to hope, to the fragile, delicate possibility of things getting better before the long winter swallows us all. Once, I sang Here Comes the Sun for Tegan Oglietti. She died a hundred years ago, in 2027, and was cryonically preserved to be revived in our time. She was the first person who'd returned to life from the long winter of death. She chose that song to sing to our classmates, and when her voice cracked and faded, I sang it with her. She says she loved me for that, so maybe I'm wrong about the lack of romance. But I know I'm right about the hope. Six months after I first sang that song for Tegan, I sang it for a number of well-dressed people gathered in a hotel ballroom in Brisbane, Australia. The people I was singing to wanted me to give them hope. Earth was overcrowded, overpolluted, and fast running out of resources. The oceans were beginning to die, and humanity on Earth would go with them. But my audience wanted to buy a second chance on another world. Cryonics offered them that chance. Cryonics and the gigantic starship currently under construction in orbit. If the revival process could be perfected, these fortunate ones could escape the dying world and sleep while the starship traveled to its distant destination. They could wake, centuries later, to a new sun. I finished embellishing the final notes as the backing track died away and raised my hands to acknowledge the applause. In the last six months, I'd performed for all kinds of people, but this was my most common audience. Wealthy Australians who wanted to secure their places on that ship. Body mods were popular in Australia, but here there were very few flashing lights set into teeth or heat-reactive tattoos flashing slogans. Instead, there was a lot of subtle surgery designed to disguise the signs of aging. Hello, I said, pitching my voice over the applause. Thank you all for coming. They applauded again, but their eyes widened as the wall behind me lit up. The main attraction, and she wasn't even here in the flesh. I'm Abdi Talib, I said, and this is Tegan Oglietti. Tegan's face swam into view on the wall. She looked beautiful and composed. Tegan was actually in Japan the final stop on her two-month world tour before she came home. Hi, Abdi, she said and blew me a kiss. I caught it, smiling.
and pressed my palm to my heart. And hello to you, she went on, beaming at the gathered people. Let me tell you a story. The audience settled down. Over a hundred years ago I died, she began, and I had to concentrate on looking interested. I knew the rest of the story by heart. I'd witnessed most of it and knew just how much of this retelling was actually true. But I had to look alert and nod as Tegan told the rapt crowd how she'd been shot dead in a tragic error, a sniper's mistaken target. She'd been revived by the Australian Army in 2128, the first, and so far only, successful revival from cryonic suspension. When she'd foolishly run from her government protectors, she and I had been kidnapped by the inheritors of the earth.